In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Betches Brides. I'm your host, Fallon Carter. And now let's meet our real Betches Bride for the week. She is an actual Betches Brides fan who is actively planning their wedding. And it's my goal to help guide them through the process with practical tips and expert insights. Many of you already know Sarah Flugel. Um, We have been following her wedding journey for the last five months, and we've brought her back for an update. Exciting times, lady. How are you doing? I'm good. It is. It's very exciting. We're like officially, I think we're like every, all the the memes about being like 2023, this is the year you get married. And I'm like, yes, that's me. (laughs) So very exciting. Love, love. Tell the listeners who may not be familiar a little bit more background about your wedding. Where is it happening? What's the date? All the fun things. Yeah, all the fun things. Um, So we got engaged back in October of 20. 21 and we are getting married this fall so early november 2023 here in chicago which is where i live um shout out to all my chicago brides thank you for the dms and the support (laughs) (laughs) well we're all very excited to see and follow along in your wedding journey but you're pretty organized i must say like just getting hearing a little bit more of your background and and how you're planning this event you've done a really fabulous job i must say from a planner standpoint. So kudos to you. Um, But I do want to give some insight to everyone that's listening um, a little bit more about some of the things that are holding you up or things you wish you knew. Talk to me a little bit about what's holding you up on this budget right now. Yeah. So um, as any person who has gone through the process or is going through the process um, probably knows, the further you get in, the more things you realize you have to pay for. Um, So like I was really adamant about making a budget before we like before we booked anything it was literally like an hour after we got engaged and I looked at my partner and I was like how much are we going to spend on this thing um but as you get into it you just realize there are more things you have to pay for and more things like you know you budget all your vendors and then you're like crap I have to tip all these people and not have to like I want to I want to tip all these awesome people that are being great to me throughout the day or I want to pay like, oh, I should provide lunch and probably breakfast for my bridesmaids who are getting ready with me all day, you know, like, and it, it seems like a little bit here and there, it's 200 bucks there, 300 bucks there, but that can add up really quickly. So yeah, I was like, Fallon, what am I forgetting? What am I not budgeting for? <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna, what am I gonna get to my uh, two weeks before my wedding and say, crap, like what, like what, why didn't I think about this two years ago? Definitely. Definitely. And have you, I think you've done a great job. Um, I always say people forget the tips. Um, Tipping your vendors is extremely Mm -hmm. important, especially the ones that are on their feet all day. Another thing people don't generally think Mm -hmm. about is the accommodations. And that's usually our first line in a budget. Um, Where are you sleeping that night? And the car services to and from, even if you're not, you know, like if you're especially with destination weddings, if you're taking flights to and Mm -hmm. from a destination, a lot of times you're not calculating just the expense of movement. Um, But I think you're on a good, good start. And you did your, you did your budget right before. So Mm -hmm. you didn't book any vendors, but talk to me a little bit about how you 
went about organizing your finances and were you guys the only ones paying for it? Did you have to talk to other family members to get things organized? Or how did you guys come up with what you were comfortable spending for this event? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is a great question. I feel like a lot of people, you're just like, oh my gosh, where do we even start? And I'm a huge proponent <laughs> of leaning on professionals in the industry. So um, you as a planner, I'm sure, like get this all the time that your brides come to you or you know whoever you're planning the event for and they're like, help, where do I start? Um, I was lucky enough, one of my very best friends is a wedding photographer in the city. So she does this day in and day out. And she was kind of the one that gave me a base price. Like she was like, in Chicago, post pandemic, if you want X certain type of event, this is about the cost that they're at. Like, you know, she was like, lower ends are looking more like, you know, you could do something for $30,000, but like it's going to be pretty small and low key and like, in a public park. Um, and she was like, and then of course it's a city. So like you could spend a million dollars and like get married at the top, top of the stairs, but like you can go all out. Um, so honestly, yeah. one of the things that I did, I took to like Reddit and like people that had gotten married recently <laughs> and also just reached out to people that I knew who had gotten married in the city yeah. or married recently and said, you know, what what did you think you were going to spend? And then what did you spend? And so we, that was kind of our basis of like, okay, for the wedding we want, it's probably going to be in this range. And then we Mm -hmm. sat down and we were like, okay, we're getting like two year engagement. This is what we have to put away every month in order to hit that by ourselves. And we sat down and we were like, we are okay with spending that money. Now, after that happened, we did have um, both of our parents, sets of parents came to us individually and they offered to help with the wedding in various ways, whether that was like one of our uh, parents gave us like a flat number and they were like, use it towards mm-hmm. your wedding, put a down payment on a house. Like it's not enough for a down payment on a house. I will be clear. <laughs> but they were like, tor- they were like, put it towards not the house. That, we like, want. A- <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you haven't seen the cost of houses in Chicago. No, no, no. But they were, Correct. <laughs> they were very generous. But they were like, you know, you can use this towards wedding. You can also use towards something else. They were like, for all we care, go to the courthouse and like go on a tropical destination vacation for four weeks. Like <laughs> do what you want. Um, and the, And the other set of parents were more so like, We'd love to help with like like what you're wearing that day with the rehearsal. Like they were more like love. whatever this event cost, we would like to help with that. So that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, one of my biggest things with my partner when we got engaged, I was just like, if not one single cent comes from anywhere else, we have to be okay with what we're spending on this at the end of the day. And then yeah. anything else that somebody offers to help with um, is just a nicety. It's an extra. Um, because as we all know, when people – contribute money. It also comes with, I think, deserved opinions and things, right? Like they get a little bit of stake in the game. So they prefer pink and you're like, I was thinking cream. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which I mean, I'm, I've said it once and I've said it again. Our parents are like really amazing. We're so lucky that their requests have been, they're like, can you play the song like during the ceremony at some point, whenever you want. And it's like a beautiful song. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Like, easy checked it off like great I didn't want to have to decide songs anyway you know so yeah we I will admit we've been really lucky with um we haven't had any like crazy off Perfect. the wall requests where somebody's like actually I want to pick your dress and I'm like no <laughs> I love that so we've had some other conversations about using credit cards to pay for things so that you mm. get free points when it comes to like 
paying vendors and actually spending the money. How did you guys organize your finances to to maximize either points on a credit card? Or did you pay everything in cash? Or how did you guys make sure you stayed within the budget that you really were focused on? Yeah, um, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think we've kind of utilized some of the points in the credit cards for like a lot of it's just our contract. So for instance, our um, venue didn't charge a credit card fee if we put it on there, but like some of the more individual, like uh, my photographer, for instance, we paid for that in cash because the fee was going to be like way too much on it. So I would just say try to Mm -hmm. use the, like we tried to use the thing that made the most sense. And then a lot of like the entrance points to one of the credit cards that we got was like, spend $4,000 in the first three months or something, and then you get extra points. Um, So we strategically opened that card right before we knew we were going to make those purchases. And then we're using those points towards our honeymoon. So um, just being like really thoughtful about it, um, tracking everything. (laughs) And that's another kind of thing that people miss on the budgets is all of those processing fees, especially mm-hmm. if you're doing something destination like wire transfers and things like that. So when you're thinking of what are you missing on your budget, it generally is just fees, to be honest, taxes, fees, miscellaneous yeah. little <laughs> budgets. So when working with our couples, I always suggest hold 20% outside of your budget. So when you're making your budget, mm-hmm. just take 20% of that number and just call that your emergency fund. That way you're operating, you're always operating from a place of a little bit less and you know you have that savings kind of held in the realm. So don't like when you're buying a house, don't buy the house, the full house you can afford. Buy a little less so you have more money for furniture. Um, so think of your mm-hmm. wedding kind of in the same concept of if you're budgeting $150,000, do not spend all one fifty. Like maybe go in at like one twenty-five and and see how far you can get and then know you've got a little bandwidth in the back to to hold you for a rainy day. For sure. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly, Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. So Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you can get your choice of any six styles. You choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no parameters. You get access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees. There's no late fees, no damage fees, no fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you like lose a button. Uh-oh, I spilled something on it. Or you just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing all the way up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code brides20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code brides20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code brides20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's another question that you had on here. Extending your time of the reception, which also plays into budget, disappearing straight into a hotel, or planning an after party. All of these things impact our bottom line. Which one do you think is worth it? And what's what's the deciding factor right now? Like what are you tinkering with and let's let's massage it out. Yeah, so our the location where we're like getting married, where the ceremony is, the location for the reception, and the location of the hotels are all three different locations. They're all within Chicago, um, Chicago proper, but people who are familiar with the city know that that doesn't mean that they're all walking distance. Like I could (laughs) extend the, I could extend the night and have like more dancing, more band, more venue. Obviously that comes at a certain price or I could go to an after party and like either I could open a tab, somebody else could like just be like, I don't know, grab your own beer if you want but there's not a ton of options like that general area where they would be like walkable and open that late. Um, So then I feel like, is it worth it to do that? If people are going to maybe have to get in an Uber, like at that point, if it's midnight, it's end of a wedding. Like, am I getting in an Uber to go to another location? Or am I going back to the hotel? Like (laughs) there's just like, this is a thing where there's too many options. where's your phone exactly to call this Uber? Yeah. And I'm like, "Uh." and who has my bag? And like, did I change a dress? Like who has like, like, (laughs) there's just like so many options. And I know a lot of people have said, oh, do an after party because then just like your bridal party and your like fun friends will come. And I was like, y'all have not met my family my family have been the ones who are like, where's the after party? So I'm like, wherever I go, like it's the whole (laughs) wedding. Like we are all going, all 130 people are going to be like up in a small bar. So like that's where I'm trying to figure out what the the like vibe versus cost options are, I guess. I guess my suggestion here would be to run all the numbers. But at the same time, I think you also want to look at your run of show, like your timeline, mm-hmm. and identify how long will people be drinking by the time the after party will begin. Because like you're saying, once people have to stumble into an Uber, and this is November in Chicago, so once they step outside and that cold breeze hits their neck, they might change their their tone a bit. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's like you want to be mindful of What's the intended guest experience? Like if I if I offer transportation, that would probably get everyone really to the after party. It would really be live. Then you want to factor in entertainment there. And like you're mentioning, these after party late night tater tots and french fries, which we love. So um, I think it comes down to what's the intended guest experience versus the cost. Because I also I think just extending a co- an hour, if anything, will be fine. But to be honest, most people are really done after they've danced four hours or eaten for four hours and then you've got an hour of cocktail hour. So I say, look at that run of show just to identify, will people really want to be going anywhere after this? Or if I extend the reception, or is it better just to pay for some transportation? And like you're saying, maybe open a tab, maybe like say, hey, everyone's first round is on me after that choose your adventure. And you're assuming what, $12 a drink times 130 people. So average cost of transportation plus 
you covering the cost of everyone's first drink versus, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone on site for extended reception and see which one kind of anchors and then talk guest experience. Yeah. I mean, that I've kind of started down that path already. So you're like reassuring me that that's how I should make the decision. So that is super helpful. And I'll probably, well, I'll give you an update next time I'm on on what I decide to do. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. You're not going to go wrong either way. Um, I will say that because it is your wedding. It's your experience. But also just ending, Mm -hmm. like if anyone is planning something at a hotel bar, uh, just a pro tip here is let the hotel know that they might be inundated with 130 souls to come in the middle of the night. Um, So that way, if they have a bar that is open, they can make sure they staff it and that there's someone there and not just one bartender that's like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, they're like, oh my gosh, I do not have the bandwidth. (laughs) (laughs) At all. And the guy is like, I don't know what just happened. So just make sure everyone's prepared no matter where you're going. And that way you can, you're good. But I love a hotel bar moment. That way everyone can choose their own adventure and their rooms are so close. Mm Mm-hmm. So talk to me more about this DIYing that you're doing. What you, what are you over there making? What are you DIYing? What are you trying to order and buy? I, like what am I trying to order and buy? So <laughs> I have access to a Cricut. Hashtag DIY bride. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out, like, I'm trying to find the the fine line of I if I'm gifting experiences versus, you know, items. I don't – I just feel like people are so over the – trinkety type things like you're like oh great thanks Mm. like I got this hat I'm never gonna wear or this like sash that is gonna be gone by the end of the night like I'm trying to move away Mm -hmm. and make it from our whole wedding really like trying to make this an experience and not just a day full of stuff with that in mind trying to think of ways like okay if it is fun that everybody has a cup at the bachelorette trip like can I put their names on it or like is that you know I'm not gonna put like Sarah's bachelorette trip because nobody wants to use that cup afterwards but like you know there's so many I feel like there's so many cute like themes and adventures and like people are so creative on TikTok and Pinterest and like all of the areas I'm constantly amazed at like the amount of choices so that and then I am DOAing all of our save the dates and invitation suite and it is a huge undertaking, but I've been really happy with them so far. So more to come there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would say for your DIY, I'm always like, think sustainability as much as you can. And I'm always a, a huge advocate of less is more. And outsourcing is my favorite word because <laughs> as much as you're thinking you want to do all of these things, it all comes down to what's going to be left behind And also, once everyone leaves, who's doing the collecting of said items? So, like, if you're thinking of buying vessels or vases or glassware or anything that you're thinking of buying a mass amount of, um, like, I did a wedding recently and we, like, bought all these lanterns. And it's great, but it's like, all right, so who's breaking the lanterns down? We have to put that in the run of show. And where do these Mm -hmm. lanterns get stored now? You have 20 oversized rattan lanterns that were great and economical, but now you own them and you could have a yard sale or something, or you can open your own (laughs) rental business. So it's like, it's like, you really want to think about what's happening post-event to get you. Exactly. Or like some people are like, oh my gosh, I could rent, like the era could buy like vintage couches for seating. And I'm like, you're going to have to (laughs) rent a U-Haul to get those to your, like, that's cool. But like, there's so many associated costs. I could see like drunk groomsmen 
trying to carry this couch down a Chicago street, <laughs> like trying to get it back to somebody's house. I, so it's like this would literally be our groomsmen too, because they're like so dedicated to everything. Like if I, in the middle of the wedding, was like, "I need you to drunkenly move a couch," they would be like, "I, I, captain." They would so do like, it. They would do it, which is amazing. But I was like, I do not need them doing that at night. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think like, and to your point too, like thinking about the cost. Uh, like I've been thinking a lot about the cost of something money wise, and the cost of like somebody's yeah. sanity on that day. So. Yeah, I I don't have a wedding planner, but I do. I did hire two like day of coordinators because I was like, I don't want people coming and asking me things on my day. Like that's their problem. They are the ones making sure things get broken down at the end of the night, and the cost of that is worth my sanity and worth not like my mom having to do it or something. So um, I think that's a good way to think about the cost of things too, not just in like financial terms. Anything that you DIY, I cannot wait to see it come to life. So we're going to move on a little bit and we're going to go talk to our expert now because I think you have some bigger fish to fry with this mother of the bride looking for her dress. Now it's time to ask our expert. Each episode, we'll be inviting wedding experts and insiders onto the podcast to dig deeper into our bride's biggest problem areas. Today, I have asked bridal fashion stylist Gabrielle Hurwitz to help Sarah figure out her final wedding dress questions and, of course, this mother of the bride shopping. How do we help moms feel gorgeous, too? Um, So welcome, Gabrielle. How are you, darling? I'm well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. There's so much to talk about with bridal style and when to start and all of the things. But Sarah, what are your most urgent questions right now? Because you need you have some something hot and burning and your wedding is this year. <laughs> yeah, my wedding is this year. Um, I honestly am trying to figure out my main things. So I have my wedding dress already. I'm trying to figure out my mother, the bride dress a little bit. And my mom has been shopping a little, like, you know, just starting to dabble. But what I'm trying to figure out is how to get the good balance of like, I want you know, some kind of cohesive colors, but I also want her to feel really beautiful on that day. You know, I want her to feel comfortable, but elegant. And um, she has like very classic, simple taste. So I I feel like a lot of the mother of the bride dresses tend to have a lot of embellishments. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of beading, a lot of lace, a lot of like there's an arm and a sleeve and a thing. And that's just not her vibe, I guess. But then sometimes when I search more like simple classic sleek things, they almost verge on the edge of like sexy, which is not bad. But my mom's like, I don't want to look – that's like not my main, you know, word that I'm going for on your wedding day. So I didn't know if you had any advice for trying to find um, a dress that kind of fits all those categories or fits what I'm looking for. Yeah, definitely. I think like the key to Mother of the Bride is that it can go bad really quickly and so when I'm working with brides to help their moms find dresses for the wedding, I actually tell them to ignore any label that says mother of the bride, because if you go onto like Nordstrom's or Bloomingdale's website, for example, and you click on mother of the bride, nine times out of 10, everything that shows up is going to be, like you said, super embellished, um, a, a little matronly, I dare say. And mm-hmm. Most of our moms like don't want to look matronly. Sure, they might want to cover their arms a little bit, but they don't necessarily want to look like a quote unquote mother of the bride. So 
I think the key is kind of looking for evening wear, finding that balance of something that feels elegant and sophisticated and appropriate without feeling A, matronly or B, super sexy, like you were just saying. Um, I even think that sometimes you can get away with passing off like bridesmaids dresses as mother of the bride dresses. There are some really great luxe bridesmaids dresses out there that if you do them in a solid color, don't necessarily look like bridesmaids dresses. Oh, that's really interesting. I would have never thought to even look at that. (laughs) Agreed. That's a great, great suggestion. Um, Sal is a great example of that where they have like these beautiful luxe fabrics and luxe dresses that will look super chic and sophisticated and they have a range of colors so you can really find a color that's going to work in your palette and as long as it's not a style that looks super similar to what your bridesmaids will be in and I think even if you can avoid things like tulle or chiffon it will definitely read less bridesmaids. Gabrielle, what's a general timeline um, that we should be thinking about when it comes to securing kind of the, when should we be thinking about finding a dress for the moms or even just a general wedding dress timeline? What are those, what do those generally look like? Yeah, I think COVID has, with all things, definitely affected this a little bit. Um, If you're looking special order, so like if you were to go with a bridesmaid's dress as a mother of a bride dress. You are going to need more time. You're going to need like five to six months just to allow for plenty of time for alterations and, of course, for the dress to be made. There are certain designers who will take on rush fees, so you can do it in less time. But I think five to six months out is kind of a sweet spot to place that order. I also will say if you're looking at like ready to wear where you're going to a department store and just buying something off the rack, you, you can be more flexible but it can be a little bit stressful if you wait until the last minute. So I think the more time you have, the better. That said, I would recommend the caveat to all this being, I recently had a mother who found a dress we loved. We were all set. We were going to place the order. And then the bride, it was a mother of the groom and I hadn't been helping the bride. She picked out her bridesmaids dresses and they were the exact same color as the mother of the groom was planning on wearing which of no. course no one wanted. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think it's best to like figure out your bridal party first and then kind of focus on moms if you have a specific vision for your bridal party just so that mom doesn't fall in love with a dress uh, that's the exact, literally the exact same color as your bridal party. Yeah, or even like something I was talking to my um, soon-to-be mother-in-law about. So there's a chance my fiance still hasn't decided on what he's wearing that day, but one of the options he's looking at is like a really deep green. Um, Ooh, I option. love that. And then my his mom was looking at some dresses that were in the like red cabernet maroon time mm-hmm. print. And I was like, cool, just just to like, you know, I thought <laughs> when we take Christmas. the photo that's like the four of us, yeah. I was like, that if it's like really red and really green. And then yeah. like, me and his dad are in white and black. I was like, that's going to look real Christmassy, mm-hmm. which is not bad. <laughs> like we all ce- we celebrate Christmas. So like, that's fine. I was like, and but I just told her kind of honestly, I was like, just know that this is a consideration. Totally. You're probably going to be the one that like wants that photo on your wall. Um, so something to think about, she was like, oh, that, I'm so glad you told me. She was like, okay, well, I won't decide for sure until he decides. And then she was like, and I also maybe I'll look at more like a deep maroon or like a mar- like something that's almost more like purple based totally. and the, instead of being red based. And I was like, okay, great. So something to think about too is like, 
I mean, not that you need to plan your entire day around what your photos are going to look like, but kind of. I think it's definitely something to think about. I mean, at the end of the day, the photos you're framing are the photos of with people in it. So mm-hmm. what you wear is so key to that. So yeah, if you don't want to look at something that's going to look like a Christmas card for the rest of your life, <laughs> <laughs> it, it might be a good idea to think about that. Yeah. Another quick question. What are your thoughts on like creating a mood board so you can kind of avoid this? Like, do you ever recommend trying to like get swatches and piece things together just so you can see how the whole entire storyboard reads for the moms as well and the grooms and groomsmen? Like, how do you organize kind of the concepts before dresses even come into the question? There is nothing I love more than a mood board. Um, I think part of that is because I'm a very visual person. So I am someone who just needs to see everything together in order to wrap my brain around it. But I love the idea of putting together a mood board and it doesn't have to be anything super formal. It can be like a Google slideshow. It can be a Pinterest board. It can be screenshots in your, of your saved Instagram folder, like whatever is going to work for you. I think it's nice for people to have a reference point so they can understand your vision Because if you were to tell your bridesmaids or your mother-in-law or your mom, like, I want you in a blue dress, that blue could be any number of colors. Anything. Yeah. (laughs) And like, even if you were to say, okay, I'm picturing like a pale blue. Okay. Are we talking like a pale baby blue? Are we talking a pale gray blue? Are we talking a pale like periwinkle? Like it can just mean so many different things. (laughs) So I think the more guidance you can give people, the more likely they are to follow it. And it doesn't have to be a bridezilla thing. Like it can just be, hey, here are some reference images to get you excited and to kind of get you on board with what I'm thinking. Obviously open to your thoughts and ideas, but this is the general direction I'm wanting to go in for this. But I think it's so helpful too. Like if I got that board, I know exactly what I'm looking for. And that helps me probably find exactly the right dress a lot faster than if you just said blue. So it's like, totally. <laughs> like pare it down. Does it need to be knee length? Does it need to be long? Does it like, I am very logistic. Tell me exactly what you <laughs> want it to look like. And I'm gonna get that bad boy. So that's very, very helpful. Can we take it on down to tips for finding like the right seamstress and any insight on alterations and what that timeline looks like? Yeah, I would say to be safe, give yourself six to eight weeks for alterations. It's not a wedding dress. Well, right now we're not talking about wedding dresses, so it probably doesn't need to be a full six to eight weeks before. You don't want to be scrambling the week before the wedding. So again, the more time you have, the more peace of mind you have. I'd budget six to eight weeks. It can be done in less. As far as finding a seamstress, a lot of department stores actually offer in-house alterations and you don't necessarily have to have purchased it there. Obviously, check with your local department store before you bring in a dress and ask them to tailor it. But also if it's a simple alteration, like a hem or just taking a strap down, your local dry cleaners can often do that. You don't necessarily need someone who specializes in formal wear for a pretty simple alteration. Agreed. I go to Nortrums all the time and I take clothes that I have not bought from Nortrums and they tailor it and I spend sometimes like 25 bucks on it. It's yeah. It's a great clutch asset. So I agree with you. Finding a a, because seamstresses are sometimes hard to find, and you're like, which one's gonna make it perfect? But lean on something that's really like you're saying, a dry cleaners. There's easy. You know exactly who they are, and it's a that's a great great um, suggestion. 
what are your plans on like steaming and and everything on the day of? Do you have someone helping you? And then Gabrielle, if you could give us some insight on how to better prepare for making sure the dress looks its best on the day and like any steaming practices we should be mindful of or what, what do you think? So my dress is Justin Alexander, love. There is a one boutique in Chicago that sells Justin Alexander dresses and they have in-house alterations. So I was like, these people know these gowns. They're going to be the best at like doing that as opposed to somebody who's never worked with one of his gowns before. So, and then she was like, I'm really glad you reached out early, even though you don't need it right now. She was like, we book up and then we have to turn people away. So even if you get your dress ahead of time, like I did, and you know, you don't need it till like, you know, 12, 15 weeks out, whatever it is, I might call and be like, can I get on your schedule? Cause it's busy. And then as part of that, they actually are storing my dress. So they'll formally like do all the alterations, all the last minute touch-ups, tweaks, you know, adding my bustle if I need cups or padding or like what, like whatever that I need. And then they store the dress um, until like literally the day of and they have it fully steamed and it's hung. They were like, it should be like 99% ready for you to walk down the aisle. So then my uh, day of coordinator will go pick up my dress and she'll deliver it to where we're getting ready that morning. And I'll have a steamer on site just for like minimal touch-ups. But yeah, my seamstress has pretty much assured me that it should be like they stuff the dress and put it in like special bags and whatnot. So that's how I'm approaching that. I don't know if there's a better way, Gabrielle. I'd love to hear your take on it. Honestly, you're like music to my ears that you reached out to your seamstress early. I can't tell you how many people think they can wait until their dress comes in. And sometimes you can, but then sometimes the seamstresses are booked. Like we are in a wedding boom and you don't want to be stuck having your second choice for alterations because alterations really make the dress. So I think you're great there. As far as steaming, if you don't have someone who's going to have pre-steamed your dress on the day of, I would suggest hanging it up overnight, um, making sure the straps are, you have the hang ties on the hanger and not just the straps if it has straps so that those straps don't get pulled. But using those hang ties, hanging it up overnight in a really safe, secure place, make sure like it's not in a high traffic area where people are going to be coming and going and wanting to touch um, because your oils can discolor a dress or God forbid someone has something on their hands, what have you. As far as like steaming it, a lot of hotels will have industrial steamers in their laundry services. But if not, you can buy uh, like a little handheld Conair steamer on Amazon for like less than 50 bucks. Don't quote me on that, but like around 50 bucks. And I would make sure put a hand cloth, like a washcloth over it and tie it with a rubber band over the head of the steamer. So that again, if anything were to get on it, it gets on the towel and not on the dress. And then you want to go underneath the layers of the dress one by one and steam it from the inside out. So that again, you're just keeping the outside of the dress super, super safe. Oh, that's awesome. Is there anything that we should keep in our kits regarding stain removal just in case? Like what's your go-to for like if we do get a little bit of makeup on it? <laughs> yeah. Um, for the average person, I would say like a tide to go pen. Test it on the lining, like on the hem first before you test it on the stain just to make sure it doesn't stain anything. 
Uh, shout wipes can be great too. But again, you want to test like on the inside hem on the fabric, but just somewhere where it's not going to be noticeable. Make sure that it's not going to leave any kind of marks. It, it really depends on the stain and also on the fabric of the dress. There's unfortunately not like a one size fits all. There's also a grandma secret spot remover in right. that you can get on Amazon for like a two pack for like 10 bucks. Sold. All right. So Gabrielle, these are all fabulous tips. Sarah, are there any other questions or things that you needed while we have Gabrielle here? Because I'm making my notes for my own kids, but <laughs> any other questions? Oh my gosh. You <laughs> um, okay. Is there anything that I should have on hand? I feel like the thing that I hear all the time is like, if you're going to pay for a bustle, you need to take a video of it. You need to bring the person with you that is going to do your bustle. Bustles are hard. Sometimes it takes like 30 minutes to do a bustle. Plan the time. Like I've heard all these things about bustles. Yeah which was hilarious because I started to tell my maid of honor this and she was like, what the hell is a bustle? And I was like, oh, right. Like you've never been married. That's not a normal thing people know about. So like that was a funny moment. So um, tell your people what it is if you're doing that. But I'm curious. I hear all the time like, oh, just keep safety pins. But is that is that the best thing? Is there anything else I should have on hand? Because I feel like people are always like they break or like something goes wrong. I didn't know if you had any insights for like I don't know, a special kind of ribbon or something? Like, is it really just safety pins? Is that what I need on hand? Yeah, I think safety pins are kind of the way to go. If you are worried about them being, like, secure, you can get quilting safety pins, which are a little sturdier. But, yeah, there's not, like, again, unless you have someone who can hand sew around you and have a sewing kit around, Mm. which maybe you do maybe someone who will be a guest at your wedding knows how to sew in which case hand sewing but yeah <laughs> actually a lot of my bridesmaids do maybe that should be like a bridesmaids requirement yeah <laughs> I know Fallon you don't like bridesmaids but I'm like maybe just one that can sew <laughs> like you're like look <laughs> like this is the requirement <laughs> I love a wedding party that's useful so if there's somebody there that can I can say hey Where's Katie? Because Katie is the one with the sewing kit and she knows how to bustle this bad boy. Because also the thing is you're going to be dancing and bustles always drop. Bustles always yeah. rip. Bustling, mm-hmm. Without a doubt, as much as you think that thing is going to stay, honey, she's not. And you're going to be in that bathroom every now and then. So I <laughs> always suggest having those safety pins on unless you have a great friend who knows how to whip out a sewing kit and can get to it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've got literally one of my bridesmaids is the girl that, like, always has it in her purse. Like, we've been, like, out. And she's been like, oh, do you need me to fix that? Like, on my oh, jacket. Oh, she's saucy. It's, oh, she's, oh, like, okay. she's all over it. She's all over it. And I was like, great. You will be the person to fix it on the day of the wedding. 100%. <laughs> like, this is your job. <laughs> Gabrielle, can you give us some insight onto why have a stylist? And if you're, if it's an option for you, what that service does and how you guys work with your brides. Okay. So big picture, I think having a stylist is really having someone who's going to be there for you throughout the wedding planning process. When it comes to fashion, we're going to go shopping with you and make sure that you feel confident and beautiful in everything you're going to wear. We're going to make sure your hair and makeup makes sense with your dress. We're going to make sure that your shoes and jewelry have special personal touches and work with the fashion to kind of become part of the overall design for the whole weekend and just be a a friend throughout the journey because wedding dresses and wedding fashion, there's a lot of pressure. It can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be this stressful thing. It can really be a fun and enjoyable process. And then making sure that on the day of 
you get to be present and enjoy your wedding day and don't have to worry about does my dress look okay? Is my bustle messed up? Is my boob out of place or whatever it may be? We're there to make sure you look and feel great at every step along the way. Love. All right. Well, thank you so much, Gabrielle. That's lovely. I want my own bridal salad just for every day of my life. But that's it for this week's episode of Betch's Brides. Where can people find you both on social media or online? Gabrielle, where can we, we follow up with you and, and learn more about what you do? Yeah, my Instagram and TikTok, which I'm not, I'm working on being active on, is Gabrielle <laughs> Hurwitz, G A B R I E L L E H U R W I T Z. Lovely. And then, Sarah, where can people follow along your journey and all of your other future planning tips? <laughs> um, yeah, I am on Instagram as well. It's Sarah underscore Flugel if you want to come hang out and follow along. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, follow the show at Betches Brides on Instagram. Please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. We'll have new episodes every single Monday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Thank you so much for listening. Until death do us part. Betches.